All right. Let's get started. If people are still waiting, that's fine. They can join us hopefully soon. How is everyone? Good. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Terrible. Amazing. Middle. Okay. <laughs> what would you love coaching on, Denise? Okay. So um, I've, I have had a few people, this is like a new thing in my business, ask for, um, but they don't want to continue on the mastermind. They've had like personal things happening in their, in their life that they think are stopping them from continuing in the program. And I've coached myself on it. I'm getting very clear. I know what my policy is and I feel pretty good about that. But what now is happening is I was starting to conflate like my niche with like people who wouldn't invest at like a higher level. And I was saying that like, oh, spiritual entrepreneurs, like they're not going to invest at the 10K level. And so when I created my mastermind, I think I created it with some of those people in mind. And now I'm starting to see evidence of that showing up in my program. And my goal eventually next year is I do want to have an entry level offer, but I don't want to create it from that place. Like I'm thinking like a 3K offer, it's a year long commitment and it's literally like business basics for um, yoga teachers and coaches in that, in that more spiritually led space. And then I would like my mastermind to be a 10K program. But I have like this intent, like not intense, but like I really do can see, I can see how hard my brain is fighting that there's not people in that niche that want to invest at that level, like that they just don't have the means or they're not resourceful. And I need to clean that up. And I want to clean it up before my next launch um, for February, even though I'm not raising my price yet. Um, I'm raising, I, my plan is to raise the price for the Q2 launch but I want to clean up those thoughts because they're still there. Okay. Um, so my first question, I just want to be sure I'm clear. So right now for this group, what you're saying is a couple people are like, not, not continuing, but they're maybe quitting like in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this group is 10 K. No, this group is 5 K. Okay. And then it's you're currently using 5K. that as proof that, Oh, like, see, they don't want to pay this money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think one thing that's interesting, like where I would definitely start and spend time on, I love that you want to do this work now and like give yourself plenty of time to just coach yourself, like get coached on it. Um, sorry, I have an alert. Hold on. Okay. One thing that I would just definitely work through now is just your thoughts in general before you even connect it to like your price. You can look at your thoughts about your clients because mm -hmm. one thing that you said, and I, I wish I'd written it down. So I had it exactly, but you said, um, like they just don't want to invest at that level. They just like, I'm not trusting them to however you said it, like just in general, I would think, I don't think you want to have those thoughts, no matter what your price is, you probably don't want to have those thoughts about your clients. Right. Which is why I want to clean this up even just for the next launch that the price is still going to be 5k because I want to attract just a different or just more committed person. Um, and I can see how, like, I really do have that lack of trust because I was like, Oh, I even do payment plans to help to be accommodating. And 
Um, and I, and it's all coming from this belief that they don't invest at that level and they're not making the kind of money that, you know, makes it an easy yes for them to invest. And I thought 5k would be easy. And when I was selling my one-on-one, -on -one, it was 10k, but I worked with a lot of people that I think I just naturally had easier thoughts about because a lot of them were working full-time and wanted to become full-time in their business. And I still have some of those people in my group program. So my brain was like, oh, well, if they have a full-time job, they definitely can invest. And I need to clean that up. <laughs> yeah, so interesting. Okay, so yeah. what, like, why, why are you thinking that's true? So when you think, oh, like, it's easier if they have a full-time job, like, what does that, what are you making that mean about the people that don't? I have lots of thoughts about people who are in, you know, the yoga space or they're doing kind of healing work that they're just not making enough money in their business. That's why they need coaching. Mm -hmm. But then it's stopping me from owning my price, or at least my thoughts are stopping me from owning my price because I'm telling myself, well, they don't have the money to invest at that level. Like it's going to be a hardship for them. How much are they investing for yoga teacher training? Uh, about 3,000, 3,500. Or more, right? Or, or more if they do multiple trainings over a couple of years. Yeah. Why? How do you think they find the money to do that? I think some of them have full-time jobs. So they're doing yoga teacher trainings like on the weekends and that's, you know, whether or not they wanna have a business or they just wanna teach yoga on the side is, you know, some of those options that people take yoga teacher trainings for. Um, and then I think there's just some people that figure it out. Do you think it's possible for them to make the money that they need to make to, in your mind, to like invest that much money in coaching? I think it's possible. It's a hundred percent possible if they sign up and coach with me. Okay. So do you think they have to create that result before they hire you in order to hire you? No, I think there's lots of ways that they can pay for pay for coaching. They can put it on a credit card. They can, um, you know, they can ask for support from family members. And I've had conversations with, with people around that. And some, some of my people are, are pretty resourceful. Um, but then there's a few that haven't been and, or have said no, or now asking for like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't stay in the mastermind. And it's, I'm making it mean something about my ability to sell to this. Yeah. yeah what if them leaving the mastermind has nothing to do with your price? So them saying that they can't afford to stay in the mastermind anymore is something there's something else underneath that. Maybe did they actually say those words? I can't afford to stay here anymore. Yeah. Okay. One was saying I can't. I, I want to do. Um, I want to invest in therapy, and can't do both. And then the other person said that they lost their job. Okay. 
So I think one thing that's just a little important to see is that the first person is saying, I'm choosing that something else is more important, which is like, mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily saying that's wrong, right? Like, I don't know the situation. I don't know if someone is like, I mm -hmm. want to invest in therapy, but you're interpreting it as I can't afford this. And then taking it all the way to like, mm -hmm. which means it's too expensive, which means there's no way I can raise my price, which means, right. And it's like these like dominoes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Are they leaving or are they not re-enrolling? They're leaving. They're so right. one was a um one re-enrolled. So this would be her second round. Um, and then the other one is like we're we're like she's in the middle of it. And they're on payment plans. So basically just not wanting to continue paying for the rest of the mastermind. What would be different if you focused on, instead of focusing on the two people, right? Like focusing mm -hmm. on the people that can't afford it, the delivery of the program, like taking your mind in that direction, instead of like solving for this problem that you, that you're like assuming is a problem. Mm -hmm. Just what do you think? I'm not saying just like drop it. Like that might not be possible, but what do you think would change for you if you did that? Like, what would you focus on instead? I find it very difficult to do that, to really focus on people who like 5K, they can afford it. They're more than happy to pay. They're gonna be like super committed and then wanting to raise my price to 10K. Like I have such resistance to that, but I guess if I did try to focus on that, what would change? Okay, um, hold on, let me rephrase that really quickly because I wanna be sure that you understand what I'm asking and I don't think okay. I said quite right. What if you didn't have to focus on can someone afford it or not? Because that's not a decision you can make for someone. Right? Like you're trying to decide, like, can these people afford this thing? Can they not afford the thing? And that's mm -hmm. where your energy is going versus the other direction, which is like the value of your program, the focusing on clients that are getting results, like creating more of that, like whatever the opposite of that is. Mm -hmm. You're saying what would shift? Yeah. I think I would be spending a lot more time selling myself even more so on my result, like on the results that my program creates. Like I would be selling myself more on the process that I have that I feel really good about to begin with. I'd be coming up with even more tools and concepts to support my clients that are in my program and support my people in my audience. Um, and I definitely think I would shift, even though I would like to think I'm selling to the person that I really want to call in. Like, I think my energy would be, would be a little bit, or maybe even a lot more compelling or convicted in like why people should join my program. Mm hmm which is very different than solving for like why can't these two people af afford this thing and why are they mm -hmm. quitting mm -hmm. okay what do you think about that like what comes up when you say that yeah i don't want to spend any more of my energy on it 
I really do want to focus on the people that are going to get deeply served by my container. And I can see, I can see how my brain wants to keep going to like to the people who can't afford it. And the people who are like, NK is like, yes, let's go. Let's, let's do it. Like that's where my brain wants to keep going. Um, versus like, no, just keep staying focused on the value of my program and the results that my clients are creating. Why do you want it to be 10K? I think for a few reasons. One, I think my program's a, a total over-deliver. I mean, people have triple, quadruple, 6X that, that investment. So I think it's a complete over-deliver in that way. I feel like there's also, and this is my thought, but there's like a different energetic when someone, you know, it almost felt like it was easier to sell my 10K one-on-one than selling this, this 5K offer. Um, and the people that I had that came in at that level, there was to me like a, just a different level of commitment. Um, even not just to the program, but like to their own business, like to themselves and continuing to take action. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the difference? I think this is where you could spend like time exploring definitely. How can, cause we can't ever go like, this is where pricing, I think gets a little tricky, right? Cause we can't ever go and like, say, okay, let me prove that people like my clients can afford this thing or can't afford this thing. Cause we'll always be able to find people that can afford it. We'll always be able to find people that can't afford it. Right. That like, and, and don't want to do the things that they would need to do, put on a credit card or like whatever, or can't even get a credit card. Right. There's just no way to say like this is provable my people can afford this product or can't afford this product but when you i would be so curious about how you show up differently when you sign a client for 10k and you're like they're gonna show up like in this way and then how does that affect the way you show up for them mm. Because when you just said it, it was almost easier to sell the 10K, it wasn't easier because of the people that came for it. It was easier because of the way you thought about it. Okay. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I, I almost think like my self-concept was there. Like I just believed so much in my coaching and like, that the next six months together was gonna be just such an incredible win for for my client that they were just gonna get so much. Like I had a client, a one-on-one -on -one client and saying she was like crying. <laughs> like, and I feel like I over-deliver inside my program. Like I really do feel like I still show up as that coach and I take it very serious when someone pays me, whatever they pay me, I want to always over-deliver to my clients and they care very deeply about their trajectory inside my program, I really do. Mm -hmm. Um, but then what made it easier for me to sell the 10 K was like, I just think I naturally was like, oh, well they can afford it. And it's one-on-one -on -one and yeah, that's it. Like the value of the program is there. And I just have to make sure that I'm meeting what I offer with what they're asking for and making sure that that's a match. Tell me more about, and it's one-on-one. -on -one. Is that um, what makes the value 10 K? Hmm. I think that's how I was thinking about it as I was still continuing to sell my one-on-one -on -one in between my launches is like, oh, 5K, they're in a group one-on-one. -on -one. 
if you want more individualized attention, it's a 10K. Yeah. Do you sell one-on-one -on -one now? I do. Do you, what's the price for one-on-one? -on -one? It's still 10K. 10K. Okay. Mm -hmm. So do you think you can get yourself to the place of why either like why they're equal the value of group versus one-on-one -on -one, or why group is better i can definitely get there easily why they're equal yeah i can see why one-on-one -on -one is very has been very helpful for some of my clients and i can see why like being in group has been very helpful for a lot of my clients like i'm sold on both yeah do you think the the your clients are sold on both yeah, like my clients that are my one-on-one -on -one clients, like that they love the one-on-one -on -one. and the clients that are in my group, there was no question on whether or not like, oh, should I, should I do one-on-one? -on -one? Like they wanted to be in community with other people and they love being able to like do pure coaching and yeah. Okay. Okay. I would say there's still, there's something there that I, I would explore if I were you because, and go back maybe and watch the recording because when you were like, well, it's 10 K because you know, this and one-on-one. -on -one, so, mm -hmm. so maybe I'm, like, I'm what, thinking one-on-one -on -one what? Yeah. So maybe I'm thinking, cause they're getting my private personal time. I can charge that versus like, oh no, it's just the value of that offer and like the results that they're going to create and regardless of it being one-on-one -on -one. and then sell myself on my group that way, same way, especially when I'm considering when I want to raise my price, I'm going to raise my price, that group to 10K. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see what you're saying. And you could even start now with like, okay, let's just say I sold one-on-one, -on -one, and this is for everybody. Let's say I sold one-on-one -on -one and group coaching and it's all the same price. Oh my God. Right. See, whatever just happened there, like those are the thoughts you have to work on. Whether you want to work with me in a group or not, this is what it's going to cost. And I'm not saying you have to do that, right? right but but, but yeah. get yourself on board with that where like, if you can get yourself on board where you're like, no matter what, it's 10K to work with me. Here's the group. Here's the benefits of the group. Here's one-on-one. -on -one. Here's benefits of one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm not saying get yourself to where you're like, oh, they're the exact same thing. Cause I think there are differences, right? But knowing that the value is the same, no matter what is what will help you get to the point where you can just raise your prices and it'll be, of course. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I've been like, this has been so sticky for so long. And I feel like, yes, I cannot wait for the replace. I can go back and catch all those other little things. But I feel just hearing that one question really was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I would start there and see all the stuff that comes up for you of like why you could never do that, right? Like whatever your reaction was that you just had that was like, no. Mm -hmm. okay. Find all those thoughts in between those two things. All right. Thank you so much, Lindsay. You are so welcome. Olivia. Hi there. Hi. How are you? Good. Um, okay. So I was in a launch in November and I sold 21 people into my masterminds. My goal is 40. Okay. So I'm selling in December and the first week of January. And I've You're added a couple, the yeah. same 
Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's open right now. Like I'm in, a, I'm in the December launch and I added some, I was in a really low value cycle last week, like early in the beginning of the week. And I self-coached myself and downloaded all of my really negative thoughts and they got myself to a much cleaner place. And the creating demand workshop, like helped a ton with that. And I was really in this place of like, I have nothing else to give them. I've given them all my best stuff. And I got out of that and I'm like, oh, I haven't said any of this stuff and I haven't done any of this stuff. And like, there's just like such a reservoir of things that I haven't tried yet or haven't told them. So I'm in a really good place with that. I have like essentially one live event per week between now and like mid-January. And they're all different. Most of them I've never done before. Like I'm doing an open coaching call. I've never done that before. I'm doing an info call for the mastermind. I'm doing like an end of year goal workshop. And then I do a monthly webinar. So I'm doing my monthly webinar on Friday. And one of the things that came up for me was, should I offer a bonus at the end of the live events? Cause like part of me is like, I don't want them to wait until the very end of this launch to buy. Like I'd rather have like the sales coming in like consistently throughout the month rather than like people just wait until like the cart closes. Why? Um, part of it's like for security reason. I mean, I guess it's like my lack of belief, right? That like it's going to come later. So I feel like there's no incentive for them to do it now versus later. Why does there need to be an incentive? I mean, my thought is that they're just going to wait. Okay. But I don't want them to. Yeah. I think you don't want them to for you. For sure. This is going to feel better for you if they don't wait. Yes. So you have to either find the reason for them, which I guess could be an incentive, but if you're doing like all of these things, then what? You're just going to do an incentive each time? Is it like the same people coming to each of the things? Um, so that's a good question. It's not identical groups of people, but a lot of them like come to all of my stuff. So there's that. Um, and then I thought like the reason that I'm bringing this up now is because I have the webinar on Friday and I was like, well, maybe just see what happens on Friday. And then like, I still have other bites at the apple to make a decision later on. Mm-hmm. rather than like, I don't want to keep making like the same offer, like the same bonus offer multiple times. Cause then it's like, oh, well, it's just always available. So that doesn't really incentivize. What if the incentive is the value of the program? I know. <laughs> and my thought is like, if that were true, they would have signed up already. Mm. Or you just didn't explain it to them in a way that they know that it's true. Yeah. Because if that's true, if what you're saying is true, do you actually want them to sign up if the only reason they're signing up is because of the value of the incentive? Like, so there's like the right answer, which is like, no. And then there's my <laughs> like, actual yes, answer is like, I don't give a good. fuck why they say, sign up. Like, I could care less. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's okay. my honest answer. Okay. I don't think that there's a right or wrong. Like, I don't think it's like, yes, you should do this or no, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. But I just don't think I'm doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Okay. 
So you have to find the right reasons that you love. Because otherwise, if you do it for this reason, right, for just like, I don't want to feel the discomfort of them waiting till the last minute. Yeah. The incentive is probably not going to work anyway, because the intention behind it isn't going to be like, let me create more value for them or, you know, whatever thought would be useful in that situation. Yeah. Okay. May I offer something? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Um, this is Wendy. Uh, another thing that may be useful is what I heard you say is you're offering this incentive because you want to show them the benefit of signing up right now. The incentive is one way you can do that. I would spend some time in your brain. If that's what, if that's what you were noticing the gap is, spend some time there. It can be the incentive. It can be copy. It can be part of your workshop in a new way that seems to be the uh, gap that you're identifying and you're thinking it's just oh i'm going to deliver it through this incentive but you can explore that through a lot of different mediums and like what could happen then like why should they sign up now well like there are limited spots so if they want to be in the next round they should sign up now like that's part of it. Another answer is like, just like to be able to start planning and like getting everything lined up and like also to get excited and like your personal development for the next six months is like dialed in. Yeah. So like, like I just did a one-on-one -on -one consult last week and the relief at the end of the call, like the person was just so relieved and like, you could feel it on the call. So like same thing with the group that there's like a sense of relief of like, Hey, I don't have to repeat next year, like I did this year, like I'm going to be supported. I'm going to be in this community with people like that. That feels like such a relief for them. Yeah. And if you think about them and they may be in that back and forth right now, another thing I would think about is, you know, because the question that you're kind of playing with is them by now versus buying the day of cart close. Yeah. How is it so helpful for them not to go through that on the fence thing for another three weeks? Yeah. And the, the incentive is the tool you're using to try to express that. But I think that you could do it. If you're going to use the incentive, you need to have that narrative to go along with that as well. Like that, that's my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. I actually like at least to start like the challenge of just selling it from like what you're saying is like go through, get really clear on why they want to buy now with no incentive, with just what's why it's better for them, like what they get out of signing up today, the relief that comes with it. Um, one of the things that just jumped out to me from what you were saying is like one of the things we're going to do during our time together is make really fast, empowered decisions. And like, you get to start that today. You get to start like practicing that skill. And my, most of my people hem and haw and like spin an indecision and all of that. And like, I used to be that person too. And that is torturous. Like it feels so uncomfortable of like just having it in your head. I used to do that on consults in the beginning. I'd talk to people about like the benefit of, you know, saying yes, or like, that's why we do follow-up calls. So it's not, there's no like murky gray area and just how terrible that feels. So 
that will resonate with them where they're like, oh, I do that all the time. I just like overthink things. And then it's like, I should have signed up already. I didn't sign up. Like just save yourself from that torture. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right. Challenge accepted to sell it this way. Offer something to Olivia. Yeah. <clears throat> what might you be missing out on if they all do sign up in a uniform way? that makes you feel good? Tell me more about that. Like, I love it. of course, you're just like the rest of us that like, we would like to see money coming in at a steady rate yeah. because then we can use that external validation to make ourselves feel good, right? Yeah. So what skill might you develop for yourself over the next three weeks if everybody waits? until the last minute to buy. Yeah. Jessica McKinley, I can't pronounce her new last name, but she reached out to me she, um, after I got coached by Stacy last week. And she was like, it'd be so interesting to see how you could channel like last year at this time. I was like, I am walking across that fucking stage, like come hell or high wa water, like that will happen. Right. And I, I like held belief in it. And I was just like, I am doing this. There's no question. And I definitely haven't felt like that this time. So it's like almost like this challenge again to be like, can you actually believe for three and a half more weeks or four more weeks? There's like this external part of it where like I have a contract with the hotel for rooms that I would like, like to fill. So there's like this external pressure with this that I feel like didn't exist. Like if I didn't, I didn't walk across the stage, like it's a bummer, but I don't have to pay a hotel thousands of dollars. So like, there's this discomfort of like, I would just like to know right now that I'm in the clear with that versus like Lindsay's nodding her head. If <laughs> I'm sure like anyone, oh, I'm like, oh, I get event, like you get it. Right. But also I'm curious, like when I hear you say that, I'm like, okay, but if you believed it was happening, like you did last year, would that discomfort be there? Yeah, no. Right. Cause you would believe it's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which like my sentence right now is like, it might. Yeah. So to your point, Melissa, like work, having another opportunity with a new offer to build belief that it'll happen and that I can okay. sell it. I think that's another, like there's doubt there. That you can sell it? That I can sell more of it. Hmm like enough to get to where I want to go. Melissa's like, no, that's not a doubt. It's <laughs> like, you don't have that doubt. Okay. I'll work on it. I think you could just, I mean, this for everyone, right? Like I've also had to work on this, that thought of like, but well, okay. I could, I know I could sell it. Cause I sold this many, I sold 20, but I couldn't possibly sell 20 more. Doesn't actually make sense. Right. Cause it's like, if you can sell it, you can sell it. So yeah. what you just said is like exactly how I feel right now. It's like, a, I sold 21, but like, I can't do 19 more. Yeah. So you have to find that space where you're like, no, no, no. If those aren't, those aren't the only 20 people, the only 20 lawyers on earth that want this thing that I'm selling. Yeah. There are definitely 20 more. You just haven't told them why they need to buy it yet. Okay. And you could get real creative about how you could fill those rooms. Just Melissa saying, Parsons and Charleston. company. 
We'll cross that bridge later. That's different coaching. <laughs> First, we're going to believe it's going to happen. Perfect. Well, then you figure talk that to out. you in mid-January, Melissa. Amazing. That's right. All right. I'm good. Thanks. You know your work? All right. Yeah. Kelly. Hello. I like your shirt. Thanks. What do you love coaching on? I'm going to launch too. Okay. <laughs> and? And um, my C is goal of 15, sold one so far. Okay. Cart closes Friday. Okay. Cart opened last Friday. Okay. And that's where I am. And so um, what I've done differently this time is like the demand and the staying in belief, like I'm like actively working that every day. Um, looking through my marketing from the perspective of why this is important to them, less about me. Um, today, the brain definitely wanted to pull me sideways, brought it back. Um, but <laughs> you have kids, so I don't know if you ever saw the original Monsters, Inc. Mm -hmm. Okay, and Sully is practicing for the bunk beds. Yeah. He's like, hoo, ha, hoo, ha, hoo, ha. that's <laughs> literally how that's literally how I feel in my energy right now. I'm like, go back, go back. Mm, 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 mm. It's like I, I'm at them and then I pull myself back and then I'm at them and then I pull myself back. And this energy back and forth, I keep trying to tell myself, oh, this is fine. I just this is my new awareness that instead of like feeling like I have to push, I can, I'm like, I am actively trying to like pull myself back and just think of being resourceful and problem solving from a more grounded spot. And my circumstance is still one out of 15. What does it look like when you, like when you say, I try to pull myself back, what does that mean? How does that show up in real life? Um, so right now it's just pulling back from the word is like being aggressive. Cause I'm a, I'm a, my personality is kind of pushy to be just naturally. I'm a pushy personality. Mm -hmm. Um, I say things like they are and, are you um, trying to not do that? I'll, I'm trying to not do that a little bit like i'm more aware i'm just more aware of the way i'm saying things now than i have been in the past and i'm falling back into i can feel the drift it's like here we go again not working again what am i doing wrong this time and like like that energy is like it feels like it's right here and i'm trying not to fall back into that energy and yet still stay like i believe there are people i, I believe there are people out there that want what i'm offering mm -hmm. i'm completely clear on the fact that i can help people i see it every week in my coaching and yet it's like 
this looming here we go again keeps trying to occupy some of my time and then just approaching it from a place of giving and serving compared to what what I get out of it for myself and it's all jumbled in there because it's like where I am right now how much energy do you think you're spending trying to like ride that like middle lane like when you say the like up yeah. and down right it sounds the way you describe it you're trying to like control it you feel your energy going going like that way and so you try to bring it back down or like going down you try to bring it back up and it's like this constant like whatever you described Solly <laughs> how much time are you spending doing that instead of just kind of like riding the waves of it and Um, I don't know how to finish that question, but do you know what I'm asking? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that has been my predominant place until I think maybe today it's starting to show up more. Like I've been, I feel like I've been quote unquote like holding holding my own, <laughs> so to speak, um, from the problem solving perspective and thinking what else I need to say, what else do I need to do? And oh, yeah. Like I have I, a list of things that I will still do and I'm also not trying actively trying to keep myself in belief while taking the actions that's the that's what i'm trying to ride and also believing that my result can change what are your thoughts about the kelly that is a little pushy and that is a little like over the top and is a little like Oh, Let I love her. Tell you how it is. She is who I am, period. I don't ever question who I am as a human being. Yeah. Just feel I like you're kind of like you're holding that back, or like there's some kind of like. No, I think it's less about me holding that version of me back and more of. curbing the version of me that's in disbelief what does that version of you look like when she's in full belief or in at least partially like two-thirds belief when she's in full belief or partially be partial belief um she's just she's lighter even even the pushy version of me is just it's 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 me but lighter mm -hmm. um just she's just like this is my work today this is what i'm doing today this is what i have planned today um and then 
It's like uncoupling the R line and the belief and still holding the belief. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you're doing that now? I think I'm just trying to hold the belief and take action from that aggressive energy. That's that's it. Okay. I does anyone else want to coach Kelly on this? I feel very distracted by like I just want to say <laughs> that I think you're like not letting yourself out and just like let me figure this out because I'm a badass and I know what I'm doing. Like this, even like the way it? you describe Can you it. Say to that me, again. Can you yeah. say that again? Yeah. It's like just the way you this is not coaching. This is totally biased, but just the way you say it to me. And because I've coached you on this so many times, it just feels like you're so like measured and like here's how it is. And I must be calm. And this like badass version of me can't come out. Like I'm not allowed to like be this thing. And be in belief because it might be a little pushy or it might be a little whatever. But like that worked before. When you fully own that that's who you are and that that's who you get to be in a launch when you're believing it, when you're not believing it, when you're like, no matter where you fall on that spectrum, you still get to be her. You don't have to fear the like, oh, but what if it's like a little graspy? Who cares? We're all a little graspy sometimes. This isn't even like what I would say to everyone. I just feel like for you specifically, it's just like, I'm just holding it in and everything's going to be calm and this is going to be fine. What comes up when I say that? I think I'm just hitting a frustration point of I've tried to do this so many different ways. And it's like, I think the underlying thought is it's just not freaking working, no matter what I do, what I say, what I don't say, how I show up, how I don't show up, how many days I launch, how many days I don't launch, how many days I sit and believe, how many days I don't sit and believe, how many days I don't want to get up in the morning, but I get myself up in the morning, how many walks I go on, how many days I think about my clients, how many times, like, I'm just like, like, there is literally a piece of me that just wants to put it the fuck down. Because <laughs> it feels like trying too hard. So I want to offer something. I was like recently in this like really frustrated energy. And like, I think people can like go in different directions. I get frustrated. I don't get sad. But like one of the things from being in a room with you for a couple rounds now is like, I think there's a lot of sadness in your business. And like, how do you get rid of that? Like, how do you get back to a place where like you, because I think selling from sad or selling from frustrated 
is never going to create what we want it to. And like, I keep, I kept trying to do everything. And I was finally like, I am not one to self-coach very often just because I'm an action taker and I can normally stay pretty like high energy. And I was like, the, literally the only thing left is for me to address these thoughts. And I sat down and I like, this is what I wrote out last Monday. No one else wants this. No one is going to buy. I've exhausted my demand. What I'm doing won't make a difference. My audience doesn't want this. I don't know why they aren't buying. My program isn't very good. I don't know how to sell any more spots. What I'm doing isn't working. I need better social media stuff to be more compelling. They don't want to spend the money. They're ruining my plan. They should be signing up with me. There aren't 10 people in my audience that want to buy. I've given them everything I have. I have nothing left to give them. This should have worked by now. And like yeah, my notebook, what's happening? What's <laughs> Pretty much and my book. I was like, I don't, and for the record, I don't have sadness in my business. Frustration, yeah. Tears are my version of frustration. Frustration, okay, yeah. So finding like where you're gonna be in it for the fun of it, or like the challenge of it, because like I think this is gonna be our work at every single level of like you set a goal and you don't hit it and you have to figure out how to hit it. And like, that is just a perpetual challenge. And where I see people struggle with that, it's like, you have to kind of fall in love with that. Mm -hmm. And like, if you can get your place, if you can get yourself to a point where you're like, all right, this kind of sucks and I don't love feeling frustrated, but like, this is the game. Mm -hmm. And then cleaning up like the list of super negative thoughts and like trying it without them or with like out the frustration. It's just what okay. I've been doing myself. I wanted to offer that. Okay. All right. I think I got what I needed. Thank you. Have you listened to the relaunching podcast? Yes. I would be curious because I've listened to it like three times and noticed so many thoughts that I was having about like not filling my launch. And I know that you're not necessarily relaunching, but I think the same things can happen from launch to launch, right? Like if you don't hit a goal in one launch and then you're like launching again, however many months later, even if it's not like a relaunch, you can still take thoughts with you, like things that you were just saying, like, here we go again, those mm -hmm. types of thoughts. Yeah. And I think those thoughts create so much pain. They do. When for anyone, right? One thing that Stacy said in that podcast that blew my mind was like, you never relaunch as a punishment. And I was like, what? I'm sorry, what? No, it's obviously a punishment. Like I didn't fill the first launch. So now I have to relaunch. Right. And just seeing that for me, like unlocked so much, like then it just kind of came pouring out like, oh, here are all the thoughts under that one. Mm -hmm. And I would be curious for you because this has come up for like a couple launches of like, what are you bringing with you, right? Of like, this didn't go like I wanted it to. And instead of, and I just love you so much. And I know that like how much people need your offer and how much people need this and that you are an incredible coach. And I hate seeing you beat yourself up with like, I think it's just stuff that you're bringing with you. Yeah. And I really, I honestly, I didn't think I brought any of it with me. I thought I had cleared that all up. And I just, I kind of, I almost like decided that th this launch was like launch number one for 2023, like in my brain, right? Like I I've left everything else behind. I've learned every launch. I've learned something from it. And I 
I didn't really think I brought that with me until like literally today it start like it started to seep back in. Yeah. And so I don't again, I don't know if that's it. I think I, I might just I I think I literally just got what I needed. I think I'm just in the muck of it and I just need to verbalize it out loud. Okay. And that literally might just be all I had to do. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm in the shit right now. And sometimes, sometimes this is we just that. are, right? Especially during launch, especially yeah. when it's not going exactly as you want it to. Yeah. I think that literally might have been just I just need to express it. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Thank you. You're welcome. One thing that I'll just say this really quick in case it's helpful for you, Kelly, or for anybody is that I think when you are in a launch and you're trying to hold that space between the up and down, right? You're trying to like, okay, I'm in belief. Like I can keep going. I can, whatever the thoughts are that you're trying to kind of stay like level and, you know, put the drama aside and just like solve for what's actually happening. I think that sometimes we can push some of those thoughts to the back. And then when we're, when our energy is worn down, they just all come pouring out, right? Like, okay, here are all my real thoughts about what's happening instead of like riding the wave and feeling the emotions as you go, which sometimes isn't as fun, but can be a lot more useful than just like holding it and putting it in the background and like never addressing it. Okay, Jasmine. Hello. Hey. Hi. I want to say real quick uh, to, with regard to Kellyanne, um, I'm a person who, when something, I, I guess she left, but I'll say this anyway, because of time, but I'm a person when I, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm a person that feels, uh, it isn't that I feel sad, it's grief. What I feel <clears throat> is grief when things aren't like, going the way I want them to. And I just wanted to throw this out there just because she had said that and, and like internally, because I'm the person who feels it, I would bristle it sad, but it is grief. And, um, <clears throat> and the thing that I have been, I have been right where I just witnessed you. Like I, I feel you. And, um, I realized that I'm grieving who I thought I'd be in something. Um, Anyway, I just wanted to share that and like put that out there because that's something that I feel in those experiences. And what I realized was that I um, do a lot of action, but the whole time I'm actually, it's like, I, it's like existential. I'm trying to be. Anyway, I just, if it resonates, it resonates, but I just really, I have been there and the, I have done a bunch of work around it to take it to grief, which feels highly dramatic and yet is accurate for me. I anyway, don't I don't think that's dramatic and my feelings out of control. Like it's not even frustrated. I pinpointed out of control last week. Cause like there's literally part of it that like I control a lot, but there's part of it that I can't control. And like, I just hate that part. Like it's really frustrating that like, I can't make them put their credit card information into the little form. It's frustrating. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. So I too am in a launch and, um, I actually just had coaching, like one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching right before this. And so the thing that I'm still kind of like doing in my head is that, okay, uh, quick sees is that um, I'm, I'm working to get 10 spots. I have until the 23rd of this month. Um, I have, not all the contracts have come through yet today, but I have four. So I have, I have some time and I got six, 
spots left. I feel okay. I don't know how to overcome this objection and I'm not I'm not necessarily looking for strategy more like mentally I don't know how to overcome it and it is this. The problem that people keep saying and I've heard this for years and I just don't know I'm I'm just coming to realization I don't know how to answer it. They think they aren't ready and that they need to do something and then they'll be ready. So like this idea like oh I just need to get two clients or I guess need to get more clients and um fill in the blank it's not always that but it's always I need to do something and then I'll be ready mm -hmm. and when I know you, there's a solution but I don't know what it is <laughs> when you say overcome it do you mean like in your marketing or like on a like doing a consult with people who are joining in my brain honestly it's like deeper than that like um well, it's always in your brain right but i'm right. just curious like where are you where is this objection coming to you usually it comes i mean it comes in various places it comes when you know they're dming me or in a call or you know i i, I hear this some version of this a bunch of different ways mm -hmm. and um i don't feel like i'm i feel like i'm able to like i ask questions and we go through it it's like i think i'm believing it mm, okay and what happens when you believe it well then i think oh they can't come in or i'm an enneagram three so then my brain just is like Ugh. well if you're too dumb to get over that right it's like that brain <laughs> that's great <laughs> like okay. i'm like not literally but i'm exaggerating it but like yeah. you know what i'm saying like i get into yeah, this i assume we don't say that to them no no <laughs> yeah no so, and i don't even truly think that it's more just like it's frustration like olivia said okay like let's use the example of i just need to like sign two clients and then i'll do this thing what part of that are you well first of all is that like a pre prerequisite like do they have to have a certain number of clients no. okay no. Yeah. why are they thinking they do to afford it to justify the payment and like, uh, it's funny because I think it was Denise. So I have a $10,000 mastermind for your audience. That is, that's what I've done now for many, 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 many years. So just so you know, they are out there. Um, but this is what they're saying. So here, listen, um, basically, you know, they're like, listen, oh, don't give her any more proof that they don't have the money to afford the thing. Right. Like there's no proof that this, this is it. Well, I've sold a million dollars at that level. So they, they're, they're doing it. But it's fifteen hundred a month, and so they have immediately think two clients or whatever. It you know it's they do the math. Why would they be ready if they sold two clients? They'd have the first payment, which does not guarantee second payment, but that's how they think. But why do you believe it? It's not that I yeah okay it's not that i believe that it's that i believe that they can't get over that 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 is what they they need in order to come in does that make sense the nuance of that i don't believe they need the two clients yeah so I what do you think they, they need to feel so like if they they do that thing they, let's say they sign two clients they have a thought about that they feel a certain way what is that what's safety. like the model of it safety 
they feel they safe. Feel safe. Yeah. Okay. They and think how, that they can justify. So how do you create that without them changing their circumstances? Well, I was doing this as we were like going through coach, just like writing down ideas that came from everybody else's wonderful coaching today. So I like, I was coming up with a bunch of things that feel like they're in the A line. So like, oh, I can do a case study on this client and I can do a different case study on that client. Like people who had great success, but didn't feel ready because who feels ready when they invest in anything. And I guess, is that, Maybe I'm trying to solve a problem that doesn't need solved. Is that just what I need to do? Because that's what I'm doing. I'm I wouldn't solve for the A line. I would solve for the T line. Right. Like if you know what they want to feel is safety. What are the thoughts that they need to have that aren't like right now? You're like, okay, well, yeah, if they if this circumstance <laughs> changed, then they would have these thoughts, then they would feel safe. The the A line would be then they buy the thing. What thoughts make them feel safe enough to buy? Because we know as coaches, they could sell like five clients, right? And that won't necessarily, it might create like temporary okay. safety of like, oh, I made $2,000 or, you know, whatever. Now okay. I can like afford this thing. But we know that that's not going to last because then if they don't sell two more clients the next month to make the payment, right? Like that's a, right. like a Band-Aid on a wound or what, whatever, whatever the saying is. <laughs> yeah. Right. So if you think about that, right, like what thoughts for them create the safety and how can they find those without thinking, oh, I have to do this thing first. Yeah. So in the model, they're going to the A and they're skipping the T. Yeah. They're thinking, and we're all guilty of this. I actually got called out hardcore on this the other day on a $2 million call. They were like, so wait, you think your results create your, like you need the results to create that? thought to have that thought and feeling. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that's like backwards. Right. And that's what they're doing. They're like, if I feel safe first, or if I do this thing first, if I change my circumstances, then it will make sense if I do this mm -hmm. because I can feel differently about myself. I can have different thoughts and I can buy the thing. Which actually, if we get really deep is actually the reason they're not making money. 100 percent. They, they constantly think they have to change the situation yeah yeah okay yeah and sometimes that's just like a slight adjustment right even in your marketing and wherever like showing them that that's kind of the the cycle that they're in is like you think you have to create this result first in order to create safety i'm going to show you and just as an example right but like i'm going to show you how to create safety so you can create different results i totally do that yeah okay yeah okay that's what i needed sure, you do right like most of us probably do that but it without like you so your work is like okay how do i explain that to them how do i help them see this how do i create it in order for them to buy the thing yeah i do that but i don't think about it like on the front end like before right it's like all the safety is sitting behind a paywall. And so like only the brave can get through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so interesting, right? Because right. it really aligns with like, oh, of course. So then, yeah, they think, well, in order to be brave, first I have to do this thing, right? They might not be as aware of that thought, but it's like, 
if that's kind of the what you're putting out, if that's the energy that you're selling it with, then yeah, they're like, well, I'll be brave once I sign two clients, then I can get through, then I can make the payment, then I'll do the thing. Yeah, the switch here for me is was what actions do I need to take to make them feel safe enough to buy? And what you just kind of shifted me to is what thoughts are that like would make them feel safe enough to buy their thoughts? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there might be actions involved there, right? But you want to start with that and like, okay, then what does my, you know, what what thoughts do I need to have? What's my model that makes that in my action line of like creating safety for them, showing them how to create the safety before they do the thing that they think they need to do. Yeah, I need to clean up my entire thought process there because I get frustrated and then it's just like almost internal eye roll reaction. And that, of course, is going to go. And I will say for all of you, I would never go to like problem solving. This kind of goes, but a lot of you brought this up in some way. I would never go to problem solving for like the one person that sends you the message, right? How do I create safety for this person? Like, how do I convince this person? How do I respond to this? Instead, I would think of a bigger picture. Okay, if this person's thinking it, other people are also thinking it. How do I address this in general in my marketing? Because that one person is never going to buy. They're like, I promise you, I've had so many people tell me, oh, well, as soon as I do this, then I'm joining your mastermind. I don't think that has ever happened, like literally ever. I'm like, why do you send these messages? They're so strange. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, friends. I think today's the last one, right? Last time I'll see you. Or is there one more? One more. Okay, good. Perfect. I Happy will see birthday, you Lindsay. Oh, thank you. Who said that? Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. You're welcome. Enjoy your day. Thank you. I will see you all in a few weeks. Bye.